Boffin Spies, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and I'm already so done with The Force Awakens, I'm focused on the upcoming anthology movies like Rogue One and Han Solo. Okay, that's not true. That couldn't be further from the truth. The only thing keeping my excitement for The Force Awakens in check is a fistful of muscle relaxers. But I've still got the other standalone Star Wars movies on the brain, especially since a lot of news about Lucasfilm's upcoming slate has been revealed over the last couple weeks in the press and at Disney's D23 Expo. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by Nathaniel Wayne, a frequent guest on this show and the host of Council of Geeks on YouTube and the upcoming podcast, and we're going to talk about our expectations and our hopes for the three confirmed and one rumored anthology films. Of course, anthology might already be an outdated reference for these upcoming movies. One of the big reveals at D23 was the title card for 2016's Rogue One, which swaps out the word anthology for the phrase, A Star Wars Story. Presumably, that title will be applied to all of the upcoming standalone films that aren't part of the numerical saga films. And, just in case you didn't know, I should probably explain what these standalone films are. The first one, due in December of 2016, that is one year after The Force Awakens and before Episode Eight, is titled Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and it is confirmed to be taking place prior to the original Star Wars A New Hope, and revolves around the Rebel Alliance's mission to steal the planes for the Death Star. It's supposed to have a different tone than the saga films. It's supposed to feel more like a war film, a little dirtier, a little more hard-edged. The line that I keep hearing is saving Private Ryan in a galaxy far, far away, which sounds very intriguing. Rogue One is being directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed last year's Godzilla movie, which I still need to watch, honestly. I've heard mixed things, but I want to see it. Lucasfilm released the first official image for the movie, which I will include on the blog page for this podcast. They also released the cast list, which includes Felicity Jones in the lead role, which is awesome to have another strong female hero. The movie also stars Diego Luna from Milk and Elysium, Riz Ahmed from Nightcrawler, Alan Tudyk from Firefly and Serenity, among other things, Ben Mendelsohn, who is an actor I love, you might remember him from The Dark Knight Rises, Forrest Whitaker from... it's Forrest freaking Whitaker... And Maids Mickelson, my wife's current crush, who stars in the TV show Hannibal. This movie is stacked with talent, and it's very diverse. This is not a film for just white boys anymore. Cast members are white, black, Middle Eastern, guys from Mexico, the Netherlands, China, and Hong Kong. They'll be able to market this movie in every corner of the world, to every group. This movie should be huge, as long as it's good. 
but the second announced and confirmed standalone movie is a Han Solo film. They haven't announced an official release date yet, but it is expected to come out between episodes 8 and 9. It's being written by Lawrence Kasdan and his son John, and it's being directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the guys who directed the Lego movie and 22 Jump Street. I forgot that they were confirmed to direct when Nathaniel and I met to record our segment, but afterwards he did mention that their involvement assuages some of his concern about the Han Solo movie because, in his words, they've made their careers on making great films out of bad ideas. The third A Star Wars story they're working on is a Boba Fett standalone picture. Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, confirmed that Josh Trank was going to direct it and it was going to be an origin story when Josh Trank's personal baggage torpedoed his relationship with all of the studios and executive producer Simon Kinberg got him fired. Now the Boba Fett picture has been pushed back and is in a new cycle of development. I hope it's not an origin, but we'll see. Anyway, enough of me explaining this crap. Let's get to my talk with Nathaniel. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. The first anthology movie that we know of that is coming out is Rogue One. Um, and one of the more surprising reveals from D23 was the title card, which seems to have changed the name of the movie a little bit. It, uh, just slightly. It's Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Mm-hmm. I actually like it better because I think it makes the intent of the movie clearer. Because Star Wars anthology makes me think of things like the Lord of the Rings appendices. Like, you're not really getting the full experience unless you also take in this. You tell me that something is a Star Wars story, that to me just says, here is a story set in this world, take it or leave it. We would like you to come and have fun, but not required. Completely agree. If anything, I would add, I kind of think of an anthology as more than one story, so I would kind of think Star Wars anthology, I was like, okay, are we getting... I know that that's, that was going to be their title for multiple standalone movies, but I would expect... It makes you think, are, is this a separate yeah. series? Are these all going to be connected? You right. say a Star Wars story, is, it basically says, no, this is a one-off. Right. I mean, right. that's not to say they won't yeah. do sequels. If it does well, they very well may, but it's not, it's not automatic. It's, right. here's a story, yeah. and when we give you another one, it's another story. Right. Part of me almost wishes it was called a Star Wars tale, just mm. because the the word tales has been associated with some of the expanded universe. Like there's a comic Star Wars tales, there was tales from Jabba's palace, well, tales I mean, from most sides of the kingdom. Tale just is slightly more. Does it sound more mystic? Does it sound more? No, I was going to say it sounds slightly more mystical. You know, like mm-hmm. fairy tales, tales of old, whatever. Yeah. Story is just. Let me tell you a story. Yes, yeah. I'll give you that. In terms of in thinking about the cast, it is very international. It is. There are a, there are some names on there that I was very oh mm-hmm. like when they added Mads Mikkelsen and Forrest Whitaker. I yep. I went oh you you have my attention. The cast the cast looks and sounds great. Um, they've said that Alan Tudyk from Serenity and Firefly yep. is going to be playing a motion capture character, which he's he's, he's done before. He did it in iRobot, so yep. this, he's old hand at that by now. My one concern when I when I saw that picture, it didn't scream Star Wars to me. No, but it, it, there isn't there isn't much going on. It's a very it's a very calm moment, and that's not to say Star Wars has no calm moments. Right. But when you think of iconic Star Wars imagery, it tends to be energetic moments. Right. So if right. if that's what you're going for, it's just not an image that's going right. to do that. Just something about it, like I, I I didn't see droids, I didn't see aliens, I didn't see 
even like there, the, it looks like there's engines or ship parts in the background that look almost more like the the pod racer engines or something. So they did a little bit. They kind of had that oversized turbine so, thing yeah. going. On. I'm I'm not I'm not holding this against this because it is hard to put that in context. And I know this this movie will not feel like the other Star Wars movies. They are deliberately trying to do something different with it, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I do too. I got a bad feeling about this. The next one that they have confirmed, which will be the standalone movie after episode eight. Yeah. Not the official title, but the subject is definitely Han Solo. Solo. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. Okay, well, let's, let's, (laughs) while we're digesting this, because I think we both feel the same way. The information that we have, Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, has said that they're probably shooting for a Han Solo late teens, early 20s, so it will be set before Star Wars. I imagine we'll see some formative moments, possibly the first time he gets the Millennium Falcon, probably when he meets Chewbacca. We might see a young Lando in there. See, this... but that, that's all the stuff that I, I really hope they don't do, because look, here's the thing. Trying to trying to find a silver lining on this, because I'll get to my major concerns as to, uh, to it in a minute, but trying to find the silver lining, in terms of prequel problems there aren't as many built into this as there normally are because we actually don't know a ton about Han's past as it stands I mean we know at the start of Star Wars he's in that cantina and he's in with the huts but that's about it so it doesn't have the normal issue of well we know that this 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 and this have to happen that you end up with so many prequels that they have to hit predetermined points and it's more of a connecting the dots than actually telling a story. So I really hope that they do not feel the need to inject the Millennium Falcon Orlando Chewie I'll give a pass to mm-hmm. but I don't want to see dots connected I want to see a story sort of the problem uh, that the prequel well one of the many problems that the prequels fell into which yeah. was trying to over explain things that we didn't need yeah I don't I don't need to see the first time he gets that ship I know basically I got the ship he he won it from Lando how exactly you want it I don't care it doesn't matter Now, where I'm more concerned has to do largely with casting and seeing this character as younger in the first place. I think that'll make or break the movie. Well, it will absolutely make or break the movie because as much as it's kind of almost become fashionable to pick on Harrison Ford for becoming a grumpy old guy because he's in his 70s, he's earned being a grumpy old guy, but there really has been nobody else like him since him. As far as a screen presence, Mm -hmm. as far as this just straightforward up there, what you see is what you get, but still having a lot of charm and charisma. Nobody else has that. The closest enemy comes to that, and you know, people have mentioned him in terms of like the Indiana Jones franchise, is someone like Chris Pratt. But the only way he comes close is he has to have it with a knowing wink. Harrison Ford just has that. And I don't know who else does. Now if they're talking teens to 20, maybe they can find an unknown who can do it. I think they have to. I think it has to be somebody unknown. Anybody else is going to com- be com- subject to comparison, yeah. and they're going to fail. Yeah. The one name that I sort of heard about that, and because it was a name that I hadn't heard of, it's a guy named Anthony Ingruber. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he has done hardly anything, hardly any credits to his name, but one of them is is he was in this past summer's Age of Adeline. Okay. Um, where he actually played a younger version of Harrison Ford's character. 
<laughs> and that drew a lot of people's attention. And you can find this on YouTube. If you, if you look up YouTube, Han Solo impression, and you find the video by this guy, Anthony and Gruber, he does Han Solo's lines from the Mos Eisley Cantina when he meets Obi-Wan and Luke. Hmm. And if you close your eyes... It sounds really, really close to the way Harrison Ford delivered those lines. And he's got a pretty clean, decent look. I have no idea if he can act, but if he was shepherded by the right crew and the right production and the right director, Mm -hmm. if they were going to cast anybody right now, I would lean towards this guy just because I know he can sound like Han. He's played a young Harrison Ford before. And nobody knows about him, so they would give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He's not going to be lugging a lot of baggage. um, The other things about the movie that I I was kind of trying to keep in mind was when Disney first bought Lucasfilm, their first projects that they were working on were what would be Star Wars Episode Seven and a Han Solo spinoff movie. Yeah. And they first hired Lawrence Kasdan to write Han Solo. They They hired, was it Michael Arndt? Yeah. He was the one who first did the treatment for Episode Seven. Um, and then they eventually, once they hired J.J. Abrams, he brought Lawrence Kasdan in and they sort of tweaked Arn's script and they kind of built off of what he had. Lawrence Kasdan, who's still working on Han Solo, said he needed more help on that one because he was working so hard on Episode 7. Okay. So he brought in his son, John Kasdan, to help him co-write the Han Solo script. And again, this is this is a movie planned for after episode nine, I believe. Yeah. Now, now here's my other concern. No, this will be after episode eight. Yeah. Now, here's my sort of other concern on premise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Han is a character who I want to see younger. You know, we are going to be getting an old Han Solo in the mm-hmm. new movie simply because Harrison Ford is old. Right. So if he's going to be there, he's going to be old. Cool. Right. We've already got a young Han Solo in the original films. Now, I understand they're going even younger than that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't quite fix the problem, because when you look at prequels that worked, mm-hmm. particularly if you when you're dealing with younger versions of characters, right. first thing that comes to mind is X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. Now, I think a big part of the reason that worked was because, though we knew... Charles and Eric, Professor X and Magneto, very well as old men. We had never seen them in their prime. Yeah. And then we got to see them in their prime. We've seen Han in his prime, which means we're now going to see him pre his prime. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see him not being as good at what he does as we already know he will be. And I'm not interested in watching him get good. I liked watching him be good. I agree. I never want to see this movie. There's one thing that might make me more intrigued to see that, and it's something that I think will happen. If we see Han Solo die in Episode 7 or Episode 8, which I think we will, I'm leaning towards him dying in Episode 7, but I think definitely by Episode 8, I think he's going to bite it. And at that point, if if he's out of the picture... Will we want to see more more Han Solo? Will we be more? If if I were to if if he's gonna get killed off, my money's on eight because I think as much as Disney has faith in what they're doing, mm-hmm. I think they are hedging their bets slightly in that they probably have enough time built in that if the reaction to Episode Seven is we hate these new characters that they can still salvage something out of 
the old stuff. So mm-hmm. for my money, they would hold off killing Han until they're positive the new blood can take over the franchise and then they kill him episode eight. That's my bet if he if he's going to get killed off, which I think is even odds in, yeah. a, as a general proposition. Right. That's a good story. I think you just can't bear to let a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. At D23, Kathleen Kennedy did say they are working on a Boba Fett movie for the future. This is the one that Josh Trank was, was gonna say, going to be doing. But before he... Before yeah, he self-destructed. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not blaming it on the failure of Fantastic Four. I think they're... No, it's, I mean, what, whatever, whatever it is, I think tranking is quickly becoming a, <laughs> a, a verb, cer- certainly on uh, in, in online circles, and it's mm-hmm. it, it rolls off the tongue better than Shyamalaning, and it means the same thing for a for a, a promising career to completely implode. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Boba Fett, he's such a popular character, but like Darth Vader, there's something about like you need that air of mystery, and when you when you solve those mysteries you run the risk of damaging what made him special. Well, it's a question of what do they do. And I'll make the I'll go back to the X-Men franchise again. The reason X-Men Origin, well, one of the reasons mm-hmm. X-Men Origins Wolverine sucked is we don't really want answers to all these questions. Right. But the reason the Wolverine was good and it worked is was just here is an adventure with this character. Right. So where the Boba Fett movie could suck is if they go, we're going to explore this character. Don't do that. Right. No answers that you could give us will be more interesting than the mystery that you just got right. rid of. But if you give us an adventure with this character and hint at something and you can get something with... Because you can do, and I've seen it a lot lately, with a fairly vaguely, um, you know, not a lot of details on on your lead character, but still is clearly defined. You've had that in recent movies like John Wick or Mm -hmm. Dread. You know, these characters who are, the core thing and why you get behind them is their competence. They're so good at what they do, you don't need to know a ton about their backstory. If they can approach Boba Fett like that, and basically what... I get to tag along with him being a bounty hunter, taking down a hard target. I would be on board for that. That's, I just don't yeah. know if the, if that's the direction they'll go. I hope so. I hope I, so, too. Like you, like, and you made the right comparisons. I don't want to see Boba Fett origins. No. I, I would be willing to see a Boba Fett story. And I think the way to do it, because I don't, I don't even want to see him with the mask off. And I think the way you do that is you need a lens character. You need a somebody to be tagging along. Well, to make the comparison to Dread, well, the, exactly. part, part of the reason they got away with his helmet on the whole time is they had Anderson with him, who did not wear a helmet. Right, so exactly. you had your identifiable character and your complete unbelievable badass. And I would point to like another movie with a, a bounty hunter would be the recent True Grit with uh, Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Because you've got this girl basically following along and you're getting his story through her perspective. Yeah. Or um, The Professional, the French one with Jean Renault and Natalie Portman. Yeah. So we see how badass this guy is without him being our POV character, without seeing the world through his eyes. We just we get to witness him from this distance because we should have that distance between. That's how you maintain the mystery. That's how you know... That's, that's how you keep the allure of Boba Fett. So, yeah. yeah. So that would be the one way that 
I would hope they would approach it if they're set on doing it. And it sounds like they're set on doing it. I, I think we can assume it's yeah. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so right. fing- fingers crossed that that's yeah. the way they'll go about it. So those are the three anthology or standalone movies that they have officially talked about. There was one other that I wanted to bring up, which has really only been rumored or hinted at. And they've talked about it for a couple months now. And at first I was dead set against it. And then I started to think, well, maybe. And it's an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie set after Revenge of the Sith and before Star Wars. Well, two things. If Ewan McGregor's up for it, because honestly, he was never bad in the part. The the part was just badly written and he was saddled with terrible dialogue. So he was never bad. And he's a good actor. So I'll put that as condition A. To respond to that, I believe he is. I believe he has gone on record as saying he would play the part again. Okay. And I guess it can work. It's a question of can they resist going too big in scale? Because whatever he does, whatever adventures he has, whatever behind-the-scenes things he's doing to try and keep Luke safe or whatever else he's doing... It has to be small enough that it's believable that nobody found him for the 16, 18, 20, however old Luke's supposed to be years between the end of episode 3 and the start of episode 4. And I don't know if I can trust these folks to resist going too big to make that believable. I, I don't I don't think it's an automatic fail of a concept. Mm-hmm. But... Much like with other things that you and I have talked about in the past, like the use of the Joker in the Suicide Squad, I think if if he turns out just to mainly be a background figure, it'll be great. But I don't think they'll be able to resist right. putting him all over that movie when it's to the betterment of the story that he's not. And it's 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 just that sort of thing. Hollywood and the Hollywood system and studios can come up with good ideas, but they just don't know when to say when. They don't know when to stop making it bigger. And sometimes they need to pull it back. If they could do an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie where he never activates his lightsaber, I mean, can can you imagine the balls to try and do something like that? But... My first thought when I when I heard about it, I was like, no, because I wanted nothing to do with the prequels. I didn't want any, any of the stink of that. But I kind of thought about it a little bit. And I remembered before The Phantom Menace came out, when I heard they cast Ewan McGregor as young Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, that sounds like perfect casting. And I really only knew him from train spotting, but like I could see him. I was like, yeah, he would be awesome as like this young version of his character. And I never got to see a good version of that character or that Obi-Wan in a good story. He, that, but, he played it as well as it was going to be played in Episode 3. Right. He was the least tarnished by those things. But if he actually got a good script and a good director and a good story of seeing a Jedi in hiding who needs to remain as uncovered, so who cannot use his power to move mountains and has to be under the radar and maybe you stick him maybe you keep him on Tatooine and it's just him dealing with local lawlessness and most Eisley or something like that or maybe he does have to risk like taking his eyes off of Luke for a month so he can go to another planet to deal with something I, I don't know I there is enough story potential with him I'm okay with them exploring it. I hope they can temper their urge and, yeah. and do show some restraint in how they use the character. I guess part of the other I, thing I, is, it, and, and not it's not the fault of the character, it's not the fault of this concept. I'm just tired of Jedi. 
I, I just of. am, you know, because because I checked out that um, a sort of hour mini movie from Rebels, mm-hmm. um, which was very well done. I love the way they used Darth Vader, but I'm really tired of everything revolving around the Jedi because when I was a kid and in my mind I played Star Wars, mm-hmm. I was an X-wing pilot. Mm-hmm. I I was not swinging a lightsaber on. And it's not to say the lightsaber isn't cool or that like they should get rid of it, but I hate that the entire universe now pivots on Jedi, and I'm really kind of tired of it. And it's one of the reasons I'm glad that so far the announcements have been nothing to do with Jedi. Here's a here's Rogue One. Here's this team of people. Young Han Solo. Well, he's not a down with the Force. Right. We know that. So, and maybe by the time this gets made, if it happens. They'll they'll have stopped milking it long enough for me to be on board with it again. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm just I'm just tired. I understand. That's how I've felt for a long time too. And I I'm hoping the new movies strike a balance. Um, and one of the things, the last episode of the show, I was talking to Kyle Benning, and he brought up the point that the prequel trilogy wasn't Star Wars; it was Jedi Wars. Mm-hmm. That's what the focus was about. It yeah. was all about that. And honestly, that's what a lot of the, the expanded universe fiction and literature has been about since the mid-90s. It's really I, been... I don't mind that with the expanded universe so much because, in my mind, the expanded universe is all optional. Mm-hmm. Which no, means if you here. want a ton of Jedi, right. here's a ton of Jedi. Right. Do you not want a ton of Jedi? Cool. Don't have to read it. I'm hoping with the new saga films, episodes 7, 8, and 9, I hope they strike that balance... I think we might get as many as three four sensitive or Jedi characters in this new one, but as long well, as Well with got the um the Drew Struzan uh, Struzan poster that came out, we know Finn's gonna get it a lightsaber. You no, know, he gets point. a lightsaber. That's that's true. I guess just going back to that Obi Wan idea, that at least intrigues me a little bit more than a Han Solo or Boba Fett movie. It feels like an idea that inherently requires more effort and more thought to put into it, and it mm-hmm. does not allow them to be lazy about it. A Boba Fett movie or a Han Solo movie, there's a very clear, easy road mm-hmm. to take making those. I don't think there's an easy road on Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. So if they do it, it immediately requires more thought and more work. So there's that. Thank you very much, Nathaniel, for being part of this. Where can people find you online? Well, uh, you can find me a number of places, mostly under Council of Geese. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Blogspot. You can mostly find me on YouTube. That's where you find most of it. But you you can also tune in for the Council of Geeks podcast, which I'm working on getting up on uh, on iTunes. But right now, you can find at councilofgeeks.blogspot.com. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. As you heard, Nathaniel and I talked a little bit about the cast of Rogue One, but there are a few other things I wanted to mention. Maids Mickelson is awesome, and I am instantly excited for anything he's attached to. Even though I think the second and third season of Hannibal sucked, that's nothing to do with him or his performance. Aside from playing Hannibal Lecter, he's also been a Bond villain in Casino Royale, and he's even said that he doesn't like being typecast as villains and wishes he could play a good guy more often. I totally understand why he might feel that way, but dude, in my perfect world, Maids Mickelson would play Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four. He's just that. And aside from my own assumptions that he would be a villain, when the casting announcement came out, the comic book writer Chip Zarsky sent out an hilarious tweet in the form of a dialogue between Maids and his agent. You gotta read it. I will put the tweet up on the blog page too. Check it out. It's funny. 
however, just recently, Maids was asked about his involvement in the film, and of course he couldn't say much, but he did say that his character was not a bad guy. Now, you can read into that response a thousand different ways. He could be playing an Imperial officer who believes the Empire is right. Therefore, he doesn't see himself as a bad guy. I mean, how many people honestly believe they are the villain in a story? But it doesn't necessarily mean he's a rebel either. He could be an independent character on the fringe. Very intriguing either way. As for Forrest Whitaker, he can play anything, but I hope he's playing a rebel general. I I can see that so easily when I close my eyes. Uh, but if that turns out to be wrong, fine. I'm cool with that. Likewise, I totally see Ben Mendelsohn playing an imperial officer. But if I'm wrong about that, doesn't matter. I'm just happy to see him. Donnie Yen. I swear the cast of this movie is built for the international box office, and I'm not being cynical about that. I'm excited for the diversity of this cast. But Donnie Yen, I noticed in the picture there was something up with his eyes. They either looked all white or kind of light blue. Well, they have said that Donnie Yen is playing a blind warrior, and that instantly reminded me of Zatoichi. And how cool would it be if he's this blind fighting master? Or maybe they can finally open up to some other spiritual or combat disciplines that don't involve the Force or the Jedi. Just the idea of that gets me pumped up. The last bit of news that came out, and as of now, this is only a rumor. I don't really consider it spoilers, but you might want to stop or skip this part. As of now, like I said, it's only a rumor, but a few sources are claiming that the character Grand Moff Tarkin will appear in the film, and he will not be recast. They're actually going to use performance capture technology to computer-generate his face. I don't know how reliable that'll be, I don't know how important of a role the character will have, but if they can pull that off, it's Tarkin, man. Cool. Anyway, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussion, and I hope you're looking forward to the upcoming movies. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave feedback at the blog page at deadbothandspies.blogspot.com or the Facebook page at facebook.com backslash deadbothandspies. You can also leave a review of our show on iTunes, and you can track me down on Twitter at ryandaily01 or the username countdrunkula. Dead Bath and Spies is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or Walt Disney Company, and the views expressed on the show belong solely to the speaker. All music and audio clips are used for entertainment purposes and are believed covered under fair use, and I make no money off this podcast, so no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and until next time... I'm Solo. I'm Captain Millennium Falcon. Sure, tells me I'm looking for a passage to the old Grand system. That ship... Never heard of the It's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsons. I thought run Imperial starships. Not the regular Vulcan cruisers, mind you, I'm talking about the big Corellian ships. Today's selection from A Guide to the Star Wars Universe, Chandrilla, 
Chandrila is the homeworld of Mon Mothma, leader of the Alliance to Restore the Republic. Source, Star Wars Sourcebook.